Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast that makes life feel lighter. And if you're wanting to live freed up and not fed up, stay connected right here. Pull up your seat. Join us in this place where faith and mental health meet. I'm your host, Tina Robertson, a licensed clinical social worker, a mental health therapist and trainer. And whether you're returning here or it's your first time, I hope you find this podcast as a useful resource to elevate your faith and mental health. So stay a while, all of you. We're getting it all started in just a moment. So hey, everybody out there. Um, we are actually in the month of May, y'all. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Like, it's crazy how fast this year is going. Um, but May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I'm glad that we have this podcast because we are focusing on mental health all year long. But this is a great opportunity for us just to take a moment to really reinforce the necessity for us to pay attention to our mental health as we do all of our other areas of health, our physical health, our spiritual health. It's important for us to center our mental health because remember, we always say this on Freed Up, we are body, mind, soul, and spirit. And so we want to make sure that we're taking care of all of those parts of ourselves to have optimal health that we can live our best lives and the abundant life that God gave us to live. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. And also, I'm back from vacation. I had an amazing time. It was great to be on the beach every day, um, just to swim a little bit, and really honestly, just to have some good, solid mental, emotional, and spiritual rest and renewal. I hope you are taking care of yourselves. And as you're planning for the summer, whether you're getting kids ready to get out of school. I know they're testing right now. Um, whatever it is in front of you, I hope you take some time for you. Don't let money stop you. Find a way to take care of you and get some Sabbath and some rest. It's so important as we are dealing with all of these different issues around us that we see in the news, things that are happening in our community. Make sure you are taking care of you. I wanted to say that before we get to our um, episode content today. So I have a couple of questions that have come in from some listeners, and I want to cover those today in our Q&A. So without any further delay, let me get into this first question, which I'll spend a little time on. The question is this, I've been struggling with investing expectantly. I can't seem to get past the doubts that I feel when I'm giving in my relationships? How do I learn to expect good things to happen? Wow. Okay. Great question. So thank you so much for sending this question in and for being so transparent. It sounds like from the content in the question that you've probably experienced some letdowns and disappointments in your past. And I know this can be a hard space to push through in relationships. So the first thing that I want to say is that know that you are not alone here. As I've mentioned before on this podcast, and especially as we talked about that particular principle of investing expectantly, I want you to know this is an area of challenge for me as well. 
But one of the things that I try to keep in mind is, okay, Tina, there are 7 billion people on the planet. Somebody out there somewhere is having a similar thought, experience, or challenge as you. And so I share that with you to say you are in good company. And though this situation is likely very big for you and unique to you, know that our experiences are common as well. So you are in common ground with wanting to understand how to expect good things when very likely some disappointing things have happened to you in your past. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to say that, you know, doubt is something that is a spiritual struggle as well as this nagging emotional challenge. It is a part of this negative pattern of thinking that can cause us to have an emotional down spiraling when we let these doubts and these thoughts hang around without addressing them and understanding their root cause. And so all of that then can kind of adversely affect our mental health. So first off, I want to say that in a previous episode on Freed Up, we've talked about dealing with doubts and how to handle them. We talked about that in detail. The episode is entitled About That Doubt, and I think it's episode 50. So if you want to take a listen to that, it will help you dive deeper into more about doubt, how it happens, and really some important spiritual and clinical strategies to go toward that. But in short, sometimes with respect to relationships, because we've had experiences of disappointments, painful breakups, or behaviors within a relationship that led to breaches in trust. Or maybe we've just waited for something to happen and we waited a long time. Maybe it's a change to occur with someone that doesn't seem like it will ever materialize. So those things can be sources of doubt that are connected to relationships. And until you honestly assess and do some processing around your doubts to understand the source of them and then put some practices and strategies in place that will counteract those doubts, they're going to continue to show up in a way that become a barrier in your path toward getting freed up. Now, listen, when I say freed up, we already know that freed up is a journey and not the destination. So it doesn't mean that the doubts are going to go away forever, but when you have the tools to address those doubts, you can manage them. You'll be able to experience more peace and calm, even if those doubts continue to surface from time to time. So all of that said, I want to offer just a little bit of hope for you and help as you work toward this area of having more expectancy in your relationships as you invest in those relationships. First, because this investing expectantly was a spiritual and a biblical principle that we talked about, I want to kick off the response with a biblical tool to combat it. Know that we have to use these weapons of our warfare, as we would say on the spiritual side of things, and then we take these thinking tools to help regulate and combat doubts on a continued basis. We've got to counteract those doubts with the truth. So that's the first thing that I want to say in response to your question. Counteract the doubts with truth. So Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 tells us to think on things that are true, pure, lovely, worthy of praise, to really think and meditate on these things. 
And I like the fact that this list started out with things that are true. You know, often when we're doubting, we are unconsciously living in that land of fearful thinking underneath the surface. So let me drill down a bit to talk about that. Doubt is really about uncertainty, a lack of competence, hesitation that can be halting us in some way. And this can make us feel uncomfortable, uneasy, and yes, out of control, which we don't like. And even at times, it can cause us to expect the worst. Now, the opposite of doubt is belief, trust, and faith. And I would say this, we're not working toward belief and trust and faith in the situation or even at times in the person. We are holding on to the truth of who God is and what we know he can do so that we can put those doubts in his hands. So when we think of things that are true, what do we know to be true about God? So tell yourself those things to put in place of the doubts. James chapter one, verse 17 says this, every good and perfect gift comes down to us from God, our father. You know, God is a good and perfect giver and he longs to bless us. So you can expect good things because you know with certainty that God is going to give to us and bless us according to our needs and according to his grace and his richness. Now, listen, we don't know how that's going to look. We just know that it's true because he said it and we believe it. And you know what? If we really track our lives, we've already seen it. And those are the things that we want to think on. And then there's Luke chapter six, verse 38 that says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. (laughs) I love that. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I love that scripture. That is a great promise. And it is truth because God said that it would happen. And guess what? You cannot outgive God. I cannot outgive God. So when we give to others, we can expectantly give because God is the rewarder of giving. So I would say start with the truth in response to those doubts. The truth is found in God's word to us and about himself. Now, if you're doubting that the person or people you are giving to are going to honor what you do for them, then I think that's something else to address, right? But I would begin to get curious with yourself about how you're giving within relationships and even the reasons and motives for your giving. Are you giving with an expectation that Somebody needs to do something a certain way in response to what you're doing or giving because that can be a setup for disappointment. If you're giving with this motive toward reciprocity from them, then that could lead to your feelings of being hurt and maybe even the development of resentment. And if somebody feels like your giving is manipulative, like you're giving to get something back or you're trying to get them to do something, then that will also create conflict and it doesn't get the results you want. And it can cause more of that disappointment and the discouragement. 
When we talked about investing expectantly in the episodes across this year, our expectations are not in another person. That's important to remember. I'm going to say it again. When we're talking about investing expectantly, our expectations are not in that other person. They are rooted in our belief in the truth of who God is and what we know about him. And when we invest in relationships, we're saying, God, I'm going to give because I know you love me and you give. And this is the way that I get to demonstrate who you are into the lives of others. And we trust God to reward us based upon that giving. And that's why I encouraged us based upon our theme this year to build and develop our relationship with God as a foundational part of learning how to be in relationship with others. Because the more we learn about God and his love for us, then we understand how he gives with no strings attached. And then we can adopt that posture when we give to others. Now, I do want to say this, though. We definitely need to be mindful of relationships that take far more than they give. And within those relationships, we really need to be implementing some limitations and some boundaries. And that's going to require wisdom. And guess what? God is the giver of everything. So he's going to give us that wisdom generously when we ask. Okay, so in addition to centering the truth about God, I want to encourage you to continue to practice awareness and curiosity around the doubts that you're feeling because they may be pointing you to some unresolved emotions and experiences that need your attention and definitely reach out for the support that you need. And then I would say this, what is your definition of good? Because sometimes our definition of good may be limited to only what we think should happen or what we want. And so if this is the case, be sure you're expanding your definition of good, expecting good. Don't miss out on something that is God good for you because you might be focused only on one outcome or a narrow view of what you think is good or want to see. So that's how I respond to your question. Thank you so much for your transparency. What a great question. It helped me just to even think through it for myself. So I really appreciate you sending that in. All right, we're going to answer one more for our time today. And that question is this, what do I do if I'm in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to know their attachment patterns and I want to work on mine? This is a great question. And first of all, let me say this. I am so excited that you want to work on your relational patterns so that you can show up healthier in the relationships in your life. So congratulations to you for making that commitment and taking the steps to do that. Here's the truth of the matter. We can't make decisions for other people. They have to choose for themselves. I think the bigger question here is without knowing the level of relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's um, a, a courtship of some kind, But this is something that would be important to have a deeper conversation about because it sounds like the the root of this is, does that person want to grow in the way that they interact relationally? Are they interested in change? Do they want to continue to develop themselves throughout the course of the relationship? So those are some questions that I might be curious about with respect to this particular issue. Maybe they're just not curious about attachment patterns, but they're still open to growing in some way and learning about themselves in another aspect. 
And if that's the case, then maybe there's a space and a place that you two may want to decide, hey, this is the way that I'm going to work on me. How are you going to work on you? And then is there a way that we're going to come together to talk about our growth and how we can show up as our best selves within this relationship? But of course, you already know this. You can't make them choose to do the work on themselves. You can only choose to do that work for you. But I would certainly want to know if that individual is willing to grow and willing to change and shift. And if that's the case, then it may just be simply a conversation to find out how they want to go about doing that. Maybe they need more information about what attachment pattern is. Maybe they're confused about it. Maybe they've heard information um, somewhere that didn't sound good to them, or maybe they didn't understand it. So there may be a lot of factors at work here that just need to be considered. I think the biggest thing is for you is to continue to do the work for yourselves. Encourage this person, if you're in a relationship and you want to move forward, um, to to think about learning more about attachment, share what you're learning, and maybe that will encourage them to think more about their attachment pattern or style. But I certainly wouldn't judge them. I certainly wouldn't totally discount the relationship. I would just want to make sure that they are, in fact, willing to grow and willing to learn. And it will be so good for you to be able to encourage them in that. All right, listen, that's our time for today. That went so fast. But I want to appreciate you guys so much for sending in your questions. It does make a difference because believe it or not, if you're thinking it, if you're wondering it, I guarantee you somebody out there is thinking the same thing. Remember, y'all, you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside you, along with the rest of the Freed Up friends. And most importantly, don't forget, God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.